I'm your host, Joe. I'm just Mike. There we go. We're still working on it. We need to record that intro. Well, you know, you uh, sometimes you do the introduction of me and you, and then sometimes you... Yeah, I, I, I met along the lines of like, <coughs> recording the intro when I post it on YouTube. Like, I want to stay with you on a mountain. I want to be you in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be funny. Two men on the couch, that's right. Yep. That's us. So, bros. Right. Drinking bourbon, talking to you all. But the podcast is basically about mental health, lifestyle, motivation. We do touch on a lot of other different things that can help and be beneficial to a general audience. So, even if you're of feminine nature, still, who of you to listen in? So don't be afraid to like, share, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review because I do see all that and I do appreciate it. I think the podcast is at like a 4.8 rating. That's excellent. I have like <clears throat> 70 too. I like it. Which isn't too fucking bad. People want to know if you're on the pre-workout today. No, he's not. Oh, is this right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually kind of tired today. I feel kind of out of it. Yeah, we'll get him fired up anyways though. You know, Probably. We'll see. Um, how many people we got in here? Uh, 14. So, see now we can set up a different camera too, or get one of those apps to go live. I can go live on YouTube now too. Okay. So we need to figure something out so we can go live on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. I like it. We'll be we'll be everywhere. Everywhere. Plus, it'll be a good way to promote the podcast too if we have multiple platforms streaming at the same time. Yeah. I kind of dabbled in Twitch just a little bit, but I, I I'm not a fan of it. Not my thing. So what do we got here? Um, what's up, Ohio? And uh, what are we discussing tonight? Did you want to go with your topic about the? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah, let's do it. So today's topic is fear. We're going to discuss fear, and we're going to talk about fear in different aspects of relationships, um, single life, and I guess we'll we'll start it off as a, a single life. And, uh, you know, as, as a teenager, and I think a lot of men as teenagers are very awkward. They're trying to find themselves. They're trying to find the world. Yep. And talking to girls is, it's unusual for them. They're not used to, you know, asking girls out. And sometimes that carries on into adulthood. And one of those things that we have is a, a fear of rejection. We're afraid to be rejected. And honestly, not everybody is for everyone. You know, everyone has a, a different taste. The type of girls Joe may like are not the same girls that I will like. <clears throat> and sometimes there's a girl we both may like, you know, and, and taste changes through through age, through experience. Um, so, you know, if you're approaching somebody and you ask them how you develop the courage and overcome that fear and someone rejects you, don't take it so personally. You know? Um, I've gotten rejected before. Yeah. Barely ever happens, but it does. <laughs> it does It does happen. 
<laughs> um, but it's like, you have to remember too, everything happens for a fucking reason. So, you're not, it's not fucking Pokemon, you're not trying to catch them all, it's not a game you're gonna win every single fucking time. And, trust me guys, it's not a game you wanna win every single fucking time. Especially when you have the drunk goggles on. Sometimes I wish there was a number of times that I was rejected and I, <laughs> shut up. There, there was a number of times where I wish I was rejected. Woo, me and you both, buddy. Shut your mouth. <laughs> um, but, you know, all, all it comes down to is the worst that's going to happen is she says no. That That's literally, I know it sounds stupid, I know it sounds simple, but like, honestly, what the fuck is she going to do? Go back to all the friends. Oh my gosh, look at him. How dare you think he can ask me out? I'm a bad bitch. Look at him. He's a brokey. He doesn't even make six figures. He's not even six foot. I bet you he has a small micro... Schlong. No, Schlong is for big ones. I was going to say... Dongle? I'm trying to not... I'm trying to not get fucking flagged again on this shit. (laughs) I'm going to watch my mouth. But, like, at the end of the day, who cares? Because if that's the kind of woman that rejected you, you didn't want that kind of woman anyway. That's superficial. That's shallow. You know... Don't. You didn't really miss out there, but You just never know the type of people that are going to be interested in you. That is also and, true. And, you know, I've, I've actually dated girls that were models that I would have never, ever in my right mind would have thought would go out with me. You know, you know sometimes we put looks above everything else. <clears throat> but... You know, ten, men, men tend to be more shallow. Like, we're more physical, so we look for more attractive yeah, qualities well, than we do, like, yeah. deeper qualities. I mean, there, there's a saying that men fall for what they see, women fall for what they hear. Right. That's why women wear makeup and men lie. Very true. So, you, you just never know. You, you gotta shoot your shot. You gotta shoot your shot because you never know that person might find you attractive. You know, how many times have we gone to a bar and you'll see, like, this bigger, heavy-set, taller guy with this little petite, beautiful woman, and you're like... How? How does this make sense? Right. Someone please explain this to like, me. We're looking at this ogre, and he's with, like... <coughs> was it, what's her name? Princess Fiona? Yeah. Like, from Shrek? talking about Shrek, yeah. Right, like, this Princess Fiona, or, like, a Beauty and the Beast type of situation, and you're like... Where? Why? How? But... You never know. You can't judge the situation. He might be a great stand-up fucking guy. Yep. He might make a shit ton of money. He might have a reasonably above average third leg. Yeah. Because there is such thing as too much. No, it could be funny. No, babe, yours is perfect. The big one's hurt. Yeah. Oh. That's a dagger. Yours is perfect. <laughs> no guy ever wants to fucking don't do ever, that. Don't ever say that. But, yeah. So, don't be afraid, don't allow fear of rejection stop you from obtaining the girl that you're looking for, the guy that you're looking for. Um. There's also a lot of fear in guys that will put on, and women too, that will put on a facade when they either are going up to someone or they first start talking to someone. Meaning like, they act guarded, they act different than what their usual personality is because they're afraid of if they continue to talk to this person, they find out how they really are, how they really act, what their character really is, that they're no longer going to like them. That is another form of fear of being like, you are afraid to be yourself in lieu of judgment. 
Like, don't be afraid for someone to judge you for you. Because at the end of the day, you want people to like you for you. I am the same motherfucker on here, out there, in the house, in the bedroom. You get me for me. I am the same loudmouth, passionate, aggressive, but yet also extremely caring person. Pretty much everywhere. Some situations, I'm a little more of a fucking goof. But at the end of the day, it, I don't fucking fake anything. I have no need to. If you don't like me, I don't care. This is very true. The other thing when it comes to dating is people have a fear of being hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, they're afraid to get back out in the dating world because they don't want to have that same encounter <clears throat> that they've had in their past, whether it was they got cheated on, um, maybe the person just didn't like them anymore. Like, sometimes things just don't work out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's for the best. It's really for the best for you. Yeah. You know, my divorce was actually a blessing. You know, I'm much happier now than I was before. In the moment, it sucked, it hurt, it stung. I was depressed, you know. And that's, those are all normal feelings and things to experience in that time. So, you know, when someone breaks up with you and they hurt you, take that experience, take those lessons, learn from them, but don't allow it to stop you from finding happiness again. At the end of the day, you have no control over what someone else is going to do to you. All you can do is put yourself out there and hope for the best. And at the end of the day, if they do choose to hurt you, well, then you tried. That's on them. You knew that you did the right thing or tried to do the right thing because we're not fucking perfect. But you did the best that you could. It doesn't mean that you're not enough. It means you're never going to be enough for the wrong person. You are going to be enough, however, for the right person. Sometimes it takes a little digging. Sometimes you need to search for it. Sometimes you need to excavate, excavate prospects until you finally find one that you're like, okay, well, let's see what happens here. And then you kind of meander and slowly work your way through that. You just don't, don't go jumping in fucking balls deep. I mean, it is the best way to go in. I mean, it, I mean. It, it, it is, but in retrospect, metaphorically, in terms of talking to people in relationships. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Got sidetracked. Am I rubbing off on you or something? <laughs> yeah. Dude, you've been sending me those text messages all day talking about all the other things that were happening in your life. Another day. But anyways, <clears throat> so have you ever had a girl that you were talking to want to stop talking to you because she felt that maybe you were too good for her? All the time. Like, what the fuck? What, I mean, what do you do with that? What do, what do you do when someone says, I can't date you because you're too good for me? I usually put it this way. I'm like, if that is your prerogative, and that's how you feel, I'm not going to keep you here. There's the door. If you choose to go, you can go. Would I like you to stay? Yes. Why? And then you kind of have to dig a little bit deeper. Why do you think I deserve better? Why do you think I'm too good for you? I, I fucking hate when they say that. You deserve better. No. No, no, no. Why can't you just be better or work to be better so that you feel like you're meeting my standards or my expectations in the relationship? Because obviously there's a disconnect. You think I'm better than you. Should not be the case. We should be on equal fucking playing grounds. So 
why is it that you can't change to do better so that we can kind of meet in this middle? Instead, they're going to continue to self-sabotage, one, to prove themselves right, or a lot of times what I've seen, too, is they will, this is where a lot of cheating happens, too, infidelity, is that they'll go out and find someone less, you go, really, you cheated on me with them? They're, they're nobody, they're ugly, they're this, that, whatever, when really it just made them feel better because the person that they got with, they're better than the person that they got with. So that feeds their ego, allows them to have some sort of self-validation, because it gives them a little bit of self-worth because chances are they have very little confidence in themselves to begin with as opposed to being with you who's this amazing human being male or female so them being with you in turn makes them feel bad because they feel like they're not meeting that standard so they go somewhere where they think they're better than that standard to make themselves feel better almost like they want to be the more superior person in the relationship correct without even doing anything though without having to improve, without having to change, they right. will lower that standard yep. so that they don't have to change themselves. They just find another piece that fits so that they don't have to do anything. So say you're, date, you're dating this girl. Okay. You're rocking it, you're handsome, you're a millionaire, you take care of it, whatever, and she's a stay-at-home drunk. And she's starting to get salty that you're not home enough, or that you know she's starting to maybe put on a little bit of weight and she's watching you get all this attention from other women either at the office or on social media because you're making a name for yourself, you're becoming bigger, you're becoming better. Meanwhile, she feels like she's just stuck at home being left behind. And even if that's not the case, you can come home and love her and care for her and you know, try to do what you can, you know, just to complete that fucking full circle. But because she may not be outwardly expressing that need for like, hey, I'm not cool with this. Like, I'm feeling left out or I'm feeling not fulfilled. Next thing you know, she's subconsciously seeking out an opportunity with a fucking bartender or, you know, Joe Schmo from the office that maybe gives her that little bit of val validation when the husband isn't around. Then she'll sleep with him. He made me feel something. Bitch, I took care of everything for you. And I tried to be there for you. So they sabotage the relationship to make themselves feel better when they're in an ideal like situation. Correct. When everything else, when they have nine out of ten things, they will run away to find the one thing that is not being provided, only to then realize after they had lost that nine out of ten, that when they had the one out of ten, now they're missing all nine. Yep. Because they're only getting the one. Say he is doing everything he possibly can, but maybe Maybe he's not making enough money, because that's, that's a really big one. That is big. Right? One. Maybe he's not making enough money. And you're like, fuck that. I'm going to go fuck the rich dude. Maybe the sex wasn't even all that good. Well, he has money, all right, but he's really not that attractive. But he has money, but he's messing around with other women. But he has money. Oh, but he's not really emotionally available, and he's not really all that good of a father. But at least he has money. See all the different things that you're missing out on just to try to substitute and make that one? Save your guys are making the most amount of money, but he's a good father, he's a good partner, he respects you, he protects you, he does what he can to provide for you, he's a good role model and a good leader of the household, he's a good mentor to your children, to you, to your family, but him not making enough money, or at least maybe not even enough money that you would like him to make, that's what you're gonna really hold over his head? 
Yeah, and then you go, you, they don't look internally. Well, no, because then they'll sit there and blame you. Oh, you weren't making enough money. How can I feel like I'm going to be uh, provided for in a relationship where you're not making enough money? Yeah, okay, let me know how that works out when you're sitting there all depressed because he's out banging another chick and he's not going to be there for you. But hey, you got that new uh, you got that new Louis bag, didn't you? Yeah. Fear and insecurities can be the demise of a marriage or relationship. FOMO. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Let me tell Especially you. as as we get older, you know, we uh, we start to feel our age, and I, I can speak to this because I'm a lot older than you are. But you know, I see people that are in my age group, like you know, starting to think about like, hey, you know, I want to be able to enjoy myself. I don't want to work as much. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, they spent all this time building up their careers and not going out. That like they don't want to miss those opportunities of, and this is where like the midlife crisis comes in of getting like the sports car, the extravagant vacations, or you know you start to party harder. Problem is that it's harder to recover as we get older. But yeah, that's that that's that whole FOMO mentality. You know, your fear, the fear of missing out, and it's you're really not missing out. You're not. You're really not. Like, I've worked in the bar scene, restaurant scene for about six years now. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, it is the same fucking people. When I first started going to the bars, as opposed to when we go out now, who's out? The, the same, same people. people. On the weekends, you might get a different crowd. Yeah. College season, you'll get a different crowd because people travel, whatever. You'll get the few people that aren't really from around there. But I'm going to tell you right now, unless you're in a touristy location, it is the same people. I've watched the same people go into the same local bars... For six, seven, ten years, yeah. and they've been there longer than I started going there. You can count on them, no matter what day it is during the week. You can count on them being there. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter what along, day. Listen, along with the people working there. Yes. Along with the people working there, you'll have a few that are in rotation, but depending on the size of the bar, you'll have the two to sometimes four or six servers or bartenders. That are still there from like 1995. Yeah, they're consistent. Like, but again, they're afraid to start something new. They're afraid to take that risk. Anything that's worthwhile is scary. Is it's scary? Anything that's worth a shit is scary. And even if it doesn't work out, you're like, oh, I'm afraid it's not going to work out. What if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? At the end of the day, in life, you will never truly have the right answer. But at that same time, you will never know what the right answer is, but you certainly can figure out what all the wrong answers are. Yeah. I take things in life and kind of ask backwards. I have to make all the wrong decisions first before I finally make the right decision. But guess what? I know a lot of what not to do now. I know of what directions to definitely not fucking go. Sometimes I have to circle back and try it again because I forgot which way I came from. But, at the end of the day, I'm eliminating what I don't want. Because at the end of the day, it is showing me what I do want. The more wrongs you have, the closer it is it'll bring you to your right. Because you don't know. But inaction is still action. Not taking a choice, you're still making a choice. Life will move on regardless. Yeah. I think we need to change our mentalities of... Instead of saying, 
well, what if she says no? Or what if I don't get that job? Or what if, instead of taking that negativity, say, what if she says yes? I say that, dude, I say what, that all the time. Yeah, what if I, what if I quit this job and go after that one and I get it? That's what, so that's a lot of people that I coach that deal with uh, like overthinking or anxiety and stuff like that. Anxiety and excitement are on the same spectrum of being nervous. They're the same vibration, except it's all on how you take it because it's a flipping perspective. Excitement, what are you excited for? Well, you're anxious for the unknown. You're excited for what might happen. Why are you anxious? Well, I'm nervous because of the unknown of what might happen. Same vibration, different mindset. So I tell a lot of people that I coach, when talking about how oh, I deal with overthinking or I deal with anxiety, is that what we oftentimes always overthink? We overthink the negative. Well, this can go wrong, that can go wrong. What if this happens? What if I lose everything? What if, okay, true. You're not thinking about the other half. What happens or what would happen if it ends up being exactly how you imagined? What do you think would happen if it turns out exactly how you want it? Or better yet, what if it turns out more than what you wanted? What if it turns out better than you ever could have expected? Why not instead be anxious about the downfall? Be excited about the possible upbringing, about the possible amazing opportunities. It is literally the same energy just flipped. And that seems to be the hardest thing because everyone always pushes, oh, here's antidepressants. Here's depression, which eliminates that energy entirely. It doesn't teach people how to flip it. It shuts it off. It turns off your... If you ever see someone that's especially fresh off antidepressants, no. they go numb. They go numb. My, my ex, after I, I fucking sent her to the mental hospital, she came home with all these antidepressants. And I watched her take it. Very high energy woman. Very blah, 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 all over the place. Takes the antidepressants. She got zombified. Numb. Numb as shit. Didn't feel a thing. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. It killed any life in her, pretty much. Yeah. Almost brain dead. She was just Made a zombie. Flat line. Right. Which, it's a shame that more people are taking these antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine over and over again. But it's because no one is helping them work through those emotions and teaching them how to just flip that fucking narrative. She could have all that same energy of overthinking and anxiety and everything, but instead take it and flip it around to think about... The same out, the same situation, but different outcome. But that makes people more hopeful. That gets people off the medication. That gets people actually free thinking for themselves and having a better outcome, perception of outcomes, so that they are able to manifest better things in their life, which plays against the whole narrative of what they're trying to do in society. So it makes more sense and makes more money to keep people fearful, to keep them ridden with anxiety or overthinking, so that it keeps them young, dumb, fat, and broke, so that I am afraid to ask out that girl. I am afraid to take on that new job. I am afraid to confront that person who I see is doing something that I don't agree with. It makes me fearful of like, oh, if I go to the gym, I'm going to get judged. It makes me fearful of like, oh, I'm going to start dieting. Well, what if I fail? It makes me fearful of, oh, what if I try this new hobby and I'm, I'm not any good? It yeah. takes away from our human experience, our humanity. Dude, I told you, I, and I know sometimes you don't like using that, that term, but I have that fuck it mentality. Because... We talked about me, it, though. Yeah, and, and there's there's boundaries right. that and, fuck it mentality. Right, we had to like explain and elaborate because yes. people take shit literally. <clears throat> they take it too literally, but you know, that, that fuck it mentality is me saying, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to take that leap. I'm going to make that 
that transition or take that risk mm-hmm. on the hopes that it's everything I wanted. Or I get that girl, or I get that job, or I do that experience that I was afraid of doing and it turns out that it was exciting and awesome and exhilarating and adrenaline rush, whatever it is. You know, there's things that, you know, like you said, the human experience, we're only here for a short amount of time. And, you know, it's funny, my, my buddy Tim always says this all the time. He goes, you can't take my memories. And he always, he well, always with, says With that, him, he might be, he might be, well, <laughs> poor guy has memory issues. That's not, I mean, it's not 100% true. They could, you know, you get like dementia, but that's a, that's a rare, but I, I get his idea and his right. mentality is, yeah. you know, I can spend the money, but I will always have those memories, those experiences that I did those things. You go I eat. drove that yeah. supercar. I jumped out of a plane. I went I, to that brothel. <clears throat> yeah, it's not all that's cracked up to be. Yeah, no. I, no. I doubt it. And you know what? We did it for the experience. There was no intention of mm-hmm. doing anything, but it was just like, hey, we saw it. Cool. It's off the, off the list of things. You know, and now we're on to the next one. You know, I shot the gun out of a helicopter. That's fucking awesome. That was awesome. Gunship helicopters, you guys are the shit. Um, if you're ever out in Vegas, you should definitely do that. But, you know, that, that's an experience. Yes, was it expensive? Yes, but that experience, not many people I know have that unless they were in the military. Nobody else I know that was non-military has that experience. Me going to the military was fuck it. Yeah. I was out of options. I dropped out of fucking college. I was depressed, coping with the situation not like I should. I mean, I was still working. I was still, you know, trying to go to the gym and shit. But at the end of the day, I wasn't amounting to anything. Army recruiter hit me up. I'm like, nah, you guys drink too much Bud Light. And then uh, Marine Corps hit me up. I was like, hey, how would you learn how to, uh, would you like to learn how to kill people for a living? And I'm like, where the fuck do I sign? Um, and I was never a part of the debt program. Within two weeks, I was fucking signed up and shipped out. And that was like a very fucking, I'm like, no, I don't want to wait. I don't want any opportunity for me to try to second guess this shit for people try to talk me out of this. I'm doing it. I'm fucking doing it. And then he got pissed off that I scored so well in the ASVAB, but I still want to do infantry. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. If I'm joining the world's best fighting force, I'm going to be a fighter. I'm not going to be a pencil pusher. I'm not going to be a freaking, oh, here's your band-aid. Like, no. If I'm, if I'm going in the shit... I'm going in the fucking shit. You, you need people to, to fix your wounds. I well, mean, don't get me wrong. Every, every part of the Marine Corps is essential. Especially, yes. the, especially the corpsmen that help fix our asses up and fucking... Huge props to the corpsmen. Y'all fucking saved my ass when I got hurt, so I will have all the respect in the world for them. Like, I can't even diss them. Um, every part of it is essential. But it just wasn't for me. I want. I wanted to really allow my dominance, my leadership skills, thrive, and I can't do that in an office setting. No. You put me in front of a hundred and fucking some Marines, I will get that job done. Believe you me. So the biggest, hey, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from all of this is, don't allow fear to stop you from achieving whatever it is that you're looking to achieve. Whatever that goal is. Don't allow fear to stop you. Don't allow it to stop you from falling in love. Don't, you know, don't worry about that person feeling like they're better than you. If you feel that they're better than you, step up your game. Or leave. Make yourself better. Or leave. Or, yeah, you can remove yourself from the situation. Right? Don't don't put that on them to make that decision. That's what I never understood either. You deserve better. Okay, then leave. Or be better. Right. Why, why, <laughs> you're basically just saying... 
hey, you deserve better, but thanks for putting up with me. Yeah. Like, why are you going to put that on me to leave you if you don't think you're good enough? Yeah, right? Because it makes you the bad guy. It does make you the bad guy. That's why. Yeah, they'd rather go to their friends and family and be like, oh, he left me. And it's like, you know, behind the scenes. Back, back at home, you're like, oh, she just kept telling me that I was too good for her and I didn't know what else to do. So I was like, okay, well, we should stop. So I made an honest woman out of her. <laughs> <laughs> so I put a ring in her finger. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. Talk about ignoring red flags. But... I did that once. Once. Yeah, just once. I've only been engaged once. How many how oh. many women do you think I'm fucking out here proposing oh, to? Oh, I, I thought you meant like ignoring red flags. No, I was I've, gonna say. I've done that all the fucking time. But yeah. I'm getting better. We're working on it. And yeah. now I, I come to you with any questions that I have because apparently this is the one area where I'm not the smartest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's why you guys have this duo because together... We make one badass motherfucker. Honestly, though, if you put us together, I'm pretty sure we would be, like, Andrew Tate and or better status. Yeah, definitely. Between the mentality, the work ethic, the looks, the tattoo, the muscles, all that shit, like, we'd be one badass motherfucker, but also have the biggest heart at the same time. Yep. And we're back. I, I hate that it does that. I don't know why there's a timer on it. So, again, don't allow fear... Stop you from obtaining your goal, whatever that goal may be. That's the whole premise behind this podcast. And what we're trying to drive home to everyone is don't allow fear to stop you. Because you have so much potential and the positivity is there. You just have to stop looking at the negativity, flip it and say, you know what? What if this? What if it, like you said, what if I got the girl? What if I got the job? What if it was better than I could have ever imagined? Flip the script. Um, now, at the beginning of the podcast, you had mentioned starting off like the fear narrative when you're single. What are some of the fear, you know, situations, or how can fear affect you when you're inside a relationship, friends or romantic? Um, I think. Well, there's, there's a few different things you look at. So, like, one of them is, like, fear of losing your friends, right? You get in a relationship, and what happens? How many friends do we know have just, like, disappeared altogether? Well, dude, that, because was, that was me when I was <clears throat> with What's-Her-Face. I, I had to drop off from everyone. Yeah, and it shouldn't be that way. Like, and now, like, you know, from my, my previous relationship, I ended up losing a lot of friends. Like, I didn't get to see them as often. You know, our, our friendship wasn't as close. I don't want to go through that again. So I, I have a little bit of a fear, and I'm, I've learned how to overcome that. Mm-hmm. But I had that fear of like, hey, you know, I want a person that's going to allow me to still see my friends, take fishing trips with them, or go to a football game right. out of state. That, do, that <clears throat> doesn't mean, oh, I want a ghost trip to fucking Miami type deal. No, I'm not looking to like, hey, let's all go to Vegas, get drunk, and, you know, buy hookers back at the hotel, and that could... No, that's there's not still, what we're saying at all. There's still a level of respect. Cause especially, <clears throat> I'm just going to put this little aside in there. It's like, when we talk about, you know, fear of like not being able to see your friends, it's not that you're replacing your partner with your friends. It is, yes, we understand that people are going to get married. They're going to have kids. You know, their lifestyle is going to change a little bit. But to always still keep in touch, actually schedule stuff out and follow through with it so that you do stay in somewhat of contact with your friends. And... 
from my experience and what I've noticed is girls night outs versus like guys night outs are two completely different things and people never talk about this. When I go out with you or all my buddies, we if, even if it's to a bar, we find a place, we plan ourselves, and that's it. We don't go we don't go hunting out for fucking women, especially if we're all, we're all in a relationship or we're talking to someone. Yeah. We don't care. Leave us alone, let us have our drinks. A lot of times it's because we, we're friends with the owners, we know the bartenders, we get hooked up, you know, and we're enjoying the ambiance. We know a lot of people. But in terms of like how girls' nights go, they get belligerently fucked up. All it is just talking and drama. And I was talking about this with a certain someone today too. How she's tired of all the girls' nights. All it is is they're they're going through some shit, and all they want to do is get belligerently drunk and then bitch the entire time. And then Which, they dress super sexy and don't want to get hit on. Or or <laughs> they do that and then they do want to get hit on to try to make themselves feel a little bit better. Oh, I'm doing it for me. I'm like really because that looks really fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, you're doing it for me. You're not doing it for you. You're doing it for attention. That's for you. You like the attention. But that's a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many topics. Oh, yeah. But I feel like I had to elaborate a little bit on that just because of the day and age that we live in where everyone was like, no, if you don't let me do this, then you're insecure. No, it's respect. And I fear that I can't trust you. If not, if I trust you, I don't fucking trust your friends if those are the activities that you guys are partaking in. Yeah. I feel like that's a healthy fear. Yeah, I think there's also fear that someone's going to try to change you. Like, people get into a relationship, and instead of just accepting you for who you are, as you get deeper into the relationship, they start to subtly change. And there's nothing wrong with, as we get older, maturing and adjusting to life. No, you know, and as you our kids get older, we get older. Well, and you, if you are around people long enough, again, you will end up adapting some of their traits. Hopefully, they're yeah. the healthy traits. Like, I think I told you the other day, like, Man, I fucking sound like you when I'm saying this. Whatever. But that's not a bad thing, though, because we are trying to rub off on each other in a beneficial way. Right. That's that's kind of the difference here. What what he's trying to talk about or explain is, like, the when you are manipulating someone to the point where, this is a very common thing, if you, have, if you feel the need to say sorry after every time you do something. Yeah. Because someone makes you feel like everything you do is wrong. That is, like, changing your... Your fundamental character in a bad way, not being a positive influence on your life. Yeah, like I'm just a sarcastic person in general. You're kind of a dick sometimes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the stuff that I say is generally true. Sometimes. No, it's always true. It's not always. It's always true. Only the Sith use absolutes. <laughs> potato, potato. But anyways, um, no, it's uh, it's just like the core personality traits that you have, where like. Hey, I like to watch football games on Sundays. And in, like, in the beginning of a relationship, like, every Sunday I'm hanging out with the buddies, watching a Bears game at the house. Even if she's there, you know, I'm, uh, hey, come on and join us. Sit with us. Want to like football. Okay. Well, I do. And in the beginning of the relationship, you knew this. Now, all of a sudden, it's a problem. And now we're arguing and fighting that, oh, well, you know, you got to watch three and a half hours of football every Sunday. I've been doing that for the last 40 years. And now, all of a sudden, you want to change that? Sorry. So, another perfect example is like when I was um, beginning of COVID, I was talking to What's Her Face, I was getting into modeling. 
over the course of our relationship, I really started to get into modeling. I started making magazines. I had gotten accepted into a modeling agency. Everything was going really fucking well. I had really high hopes. You know, I was on a really good path. And she was okay with it at first until I, I got too much attention. And she said I got too egotistical, which I can kind of understand. But in that same sense, though, I was also getting a little frustrated that, like, I'm growing, you're not. Topic we touched on in the other podcast. Um, and she basically guilted me into basically quitting the modeling agency. Well, your, your classes for the agency are on Mondays, and her anniversary was on a Monday, and then my birthday's on a Monday. And, you know, how can you miss those, those big days for this? And I'm like, the, the class is two hours long out of the whole day. Yeah. She's like, yeah, but it falls under time of work and I'd be out. I'm like, instead of accepting it and being supportive of it, of being like, oh, no, you are doing great and amazing things. We have the whole day to spend together. Go ahead. Take your two hours so you can keep, like, advancing for not only yourself but also our future. No, instead, I'm going to be selfish. But, like, no, you can't do that because those are my days. Yeah. Excuse you? I ended up having to drop the agency. Yeah. Which is... And set you back. Yeah. Again, which is my own fault because I had a fear of if I didn't, then I lost her. Little did I know that would have been beneficial at the time. But well, if you listen to your friends, they would have told you that. Oh wait, they did. This was before we were talking. This was before we met. Well, what about your other friends? I didn't talk to them because I got cut off from like everybody. Oh. I, I was very isolated and alone. You guys see a pattern here? Yeah, I, I was. I got. It was like. Through and through definition of a trauma bond. So it was a lot of like times were good, they were great, and when it was bad, it was so belittling and traumatizing with and feeling that that fear of what the fuck? Why is this my fault? I'm not good enough, what am I doing wrong? When literally I was like getting gaslit and manipulated the whole fucking time. It fucks you up mentally. Like yeah. really, really I say that TikTok. Right? Of like what happens when a person goes through like a narcissistic trauma bond. Yeah. How it like, it literally changes the, how your brain fucking functions on a normal level. And you have to almost like go through a lot of work to retrain your brain to get back to normal. Like before I met you, that, that was the point where I was at. Like it was that fucking bad. And it all stemmed out of fear of like, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to lose her, lose the investment of all the time and money and energy I put in. Which, in reality, was I wasn't looking at the opposite side of like, okay, if I'm afraid to lose all this, but why can't I be hopeful of everything that I could possibly gain on the other side of the situation? Yeah. Yeah, you don't be afraid to lose somebody if they're not your teammate. If they're not your teammate, they're not your partner, they're not supportive of you, don't be afraid to lose them. Because you are... Sometimes you have to put yourself first. You know what I mean? If you know, and, and men are very good at this, they're very good at trying to do what's best for the family, the relationship. They, and I, Typically. Typically. We can't say all men, but the majority of men are always doing what they believe is best for everyone, not just for themselves. In this situation... Joe was trying to do what was best for him because if his modeling career took off like he was going towards, then it would benefit them both financially 
and that I would, I takes would, a financial burden off of her. Right. I would have been able to be a better provider so that she would have maybe had been able to stay home, which means if we would have had kids, she could have been there with the kids and raised them properly. Like, yeah. I was thinking bigger picture, long term, make the small sacrifices now so that we could be better set in the future. And all she could think of was... My birthday. Well, it's my birthday. Our anniversary. Individual days... And that's a very selfish way for a person to look at things. But, you know, if you weren't afraid to lose her, you would have said, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with this because of this. I know this to be true. I know this to be right. I'm going to follow my intuition here. And it would have paid off for you. But instead, because you were afraid of losing her, she became the priority. And we know how that ended up. In turn, afraid of because I was afraid to lose her, I lost myself as a result. And for any person out there, I would say gentlemen, but it happens to women too, that lose themselves in lieu of somebody else is one of the hardest and worst things you could possibly fucking do because that shit will put you down so fucking low. And if you don't have a support group or can cope with it properly and heal from it properly, it can do some serious fucking damage. Yeah, that's why I wish we would have started hanging out a lot sooner the first time around it happened, because the fucking shit that I went through prior. Yeah. Holy fuck. I already got you out of it. Yeah, you probably would have kept me away from a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Not gonna lie. I would have thrown you in a rope, pulled you out of the hole. If anything, you probably should have just locked me in my room and just waited it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's that too. So, I mean, I think, I think we hit, like, the premise of what we were trying to hit today mm-hmm. um, as far as the topic of this particular podcast. I mean, obviously, you know, in every podcast, there's so many different directions we can spin off to. Um, I mean, because there's just so many facets of relationships, of life, uh, you know, and they all tie into, you know, our mental health. And this is not just for men, it's for women as well. You know, and it doesn't matter if you're straight, gay, bisexual, trans. It doesn't really matter. These all apply to all relationships. Yeah, just don't be a dickhead. Yeah. (laughs) Just be a good person. Be supportive of your partner, whomever it is. And make sure that it's a balanced, you know, relationship. That you guys support each other. And where one lacks, the other one picks up. And as long as that uh, you guys work together and you communicate, you're going to have a fantastic relationship. Don't allow fear to stop you. Amen. Good shit, brother. Fuck yeah, let's go. Alright. Alright, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think. And if there also, if you guys have any uh, thing you want us, any ideas or topics you want us to touch on and talk about, just let us know. The more you guys support the podcast, we can eventually get an area where we can actually do this a little more professionally, give you guys better quality stuff. <laughs> and, uh, that's about it. Stay positive, stay beautiful, stay motivated, and as always, stay in crowd, you sex motherfuckers.